whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, this is Karen Pennington, and I, for some reason, feel this morning like I need to share with you about a little game that my husband and I used to play when we first got married. It was called, Who Gets the Last Word Before We Go to Bed? Actually, I don't know what it was called. I just named it. We just did it. And basically what happened was, each one of us wanted to say goodnight, like, last, <laughs> and it was just this silly little thing where, you know, goodnight, goodnight, I love you, I love you. Like, but each one of us wanted to be the last per like, each one of us had to have the last word. It's just a silly little thing. Usually it didn't make us mad. There would be a point where, like, neither one of us would give in and this silly thing in our, earlier in our marriage would just, Urgh. seriously, stop talking. You stop talking. Okay, I'll stop when you stop. All right, you go first. Fine. <laughs> like, seriously, this silly little kind of infantile thing would would last sometimes up to an hour and sometimes we get mad and I honest to goodness have no idea who wins because I know first of all we play our little tricks we start with okay okay yeah yeah even even if one of us gives in the other one doesn't believe it so they'll wait and then it gets to grunts <laughs> then sneezes then seriously seriously stop stop I mean <laughs> and like then it gets to the sneakiness where somebody will whisper really quiet. I tried that. I, I, I've tried that a lot. And, I, okay, and then he goes, I hear you. I'm like, sure you do. You know? <laughs> and then he'll whisper something. And I'm like, I know you just said something. And we just keep going. Just because each one of us needs the last word. And like, we're tricky because one of us at some point either will say something so quiet that the other person doesn't hear it. Or we'll wait till we think the other person is asleep, and then we'll talk. So we really don't know who actually wins these rounds, nor do we know why it's important to have the last word. But it, I guess it just means we win. <laughs> and um, the reason I'm telling you this is, you know, January is our 20th anniversary, so we're close to 20 years of marriage, and we still play this game sometimes. Not as much, not every night, uh, but every once in a while. I mean, Ben will, he's, he'll be like, now stop talking. Well, that's a good way to get me to keep talking. Stop talking. So we play this stupid little game. We don't really get mad. We might get irritated because each one of us wants to win, but we don't really get mad. It's more of a, you know, dumb thing. 20 years of marriage... And we still fight over who gets the last word. Literally, the last word of the night before we go to bed. I don't know why we feel compelled to do it. I don't know what winning means. Other than it means I get a little bit less sleep than the other person because they fell asleep first. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's I can't explain to you why. But for some reason, we feel compelled to play I Need the Last Word game. But uh, it kind of reminds me of just human beings. You know, we play this game. I need the last word. 
I need to be right. I need my way. Doesn't matter if my way's wrong. Doesn't matter if my word's bad. I just want, I've noticed in conversations a lot of times, I actually have to hold myself back because I always want to be like, but I just want to add this. I just want to end with this. And so I have to say, okay, this, I don't always have to, it's not even about like even agreeing or disagreeing. It's like, oh, I just want to say this one more thing. Have you ever been in those meetings that are so long and they drag on? Because it's obviously time to stop talking, but people keep talking and... I'm the reason you have those long meetings. I try really hard not to now, um, just in growing in the Lord. But there's this thing, and I think it's connected to submission. We have a hard time submitting to one another. Um, there's just something in us that kind of wants our way, you know. And this maybe it's an illusion of control. I don't know what it is, but it is feels so good to have the last word. And sometimes it's okay to have the last word if that's, you know, drop the mic, walk away. But when that becomes our, I have to prove that I'm right. I have to show you how I'm better than you. I have to somehow dominate in my ideology or whatever. There's, it gets so dangerous. And particularly when we do that with God, you know, there's, um, even those of us who submit to authorities, even those of us who do everything our boss tells us to. There's something in us internally sometimes that says, I just need to know that what I'm doing, that I'm right. Not even like that I'm right with God right, but just that I'm better, you know. Um, maybe some of you don't recognize this at all, but um, if you've ever had a strong disagreement with someone, um, some of us are better than others at going, okay, I'm just walking away. I'm letting somebody else have the last word and walk away, but... There's a submission thing there, and, um, you know, I'm reading through the book of 1 Peter. I'm also dabbling a little in Ephesians. Those are letters from, uh, Ephesians is from Paul to, um, to Ephesus, and 1 Peter is from Peter to the church, actually kind of all over what would be modern-day Turkey, several different areas, really in that region, the entire region, just between what we call the Holy Land, what we call Israel, um, Palestine, Israel, that area now, and Greece. And that whole area is a pretty big country now. It's called Turkey, but it was several, several um, regions. Um, Galatia, Cappadocia, Phrygia, Bithynia, Asia Minor, all that. Um, so he's Peter wrote to a whole region. Paul wrote to one specific city in that region, Ephesus. And it was really about the same message about how to maintain purity and holiness and basically go for the end time, even in hard times, how to recognize our true enemy. And I had mentioned, um, I don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago, I think, um, that they were under severe persecution um, of the Emperor Nero, who was obviously, he was known as a Christian hater. Very oppressive, very cruel, uh, this was written in the early 60s, not the early 1960s, <laughs> in the early actual 60s, <laughs> like 62 AD-ish. Uh, they, they both wrote around the same time. Same kind of issues, same region, same real message. And ultimately what they were talking about is how to be warriors for Christ in the world. And it was different than the way we would think. Uh, both of them 
got to this point um, in Ephesians 6 for Paul and 1 Peter 5 for Peter where they said, let's recognize our real enemy. Satan is our real enemy. Um, in 1 Peter it says, uh, it, he prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. That's 1 Peter 5, 8. Ephesians 6, 12 says our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's, we're, that's not what we're really struggling against. We're not struggling against Nero. We're struggling... Nero's just an you know, instrument. We're struggling against the rulers and the principalities. and So it's really talking about how to be a warrior. But the preparation for recognizing this in both um, that passage just before 1 Peter 5, 8, right at the beginning of 1 Peter, and that passage in Ephesians 5, just before we're talking about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, is about submission. That's rough for me. I need to get the last word at night. I'm willing. I mean, this is a person who will just say stupid little words and things and grunts for an hour in a row just so that I can have the last word at night for no good reason. So I struggled for a really, really long time. And if I'm honest, still kind of struggle with this submission thing. I think a lot of times we all do. Maybe not to our spouses. Maybe not to a boss that we like. Maybe not to a pastor at church. Maybe so. Maybe that's why we're not in church because we don't like submitting. But... To something, maybe it's to a government, you know. But what if the government's being dumb? What if the government's doing something I don't like? And um, we have to remember the I mean, this is a struggling thing. Peter and Paul talked about submission and they submitted insofar as it honored the Lord, but they were obviously doing something that Nero didn't like, or else he wouldn't be trying to kill them all. He wouldn't have hated them so much if they weren't doing, if they were doing and saying everything that Nero wanted, then Nero would not have been hating on them. I'll tell you what they weren't doing. They weren't bowing to Nero. We look at the book of Daniel. Daniel served the king, but he would not bow to the king. Um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would serve the king. They would honor the king. They would not worship the king. They would only worship their true king. So there is a thing there sometimes where this is really more of a question than an answer. Um, there is a balance where we have to say this thing that I'm doing, does it, if they're asking me to do something that dishonors my real and true king, then the answer is no. Um, there is definitely a difference between submission and total surrender. Total surrender is reserved for God. Submission is reserved for the human humans, you know, but we can't really surrender to God if we're not submitting to earthly authorities. That's an ouch, because sometimes we really don't like the earthly authorities, right? Uh, but I just want to read a little bit. Um, Ephesians 5.22, I'm going to do New Revised Standard Version. Why, be, I'm sorry, we're going to start with 21. Ephesians 5.21, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. Wait, guys, you're not off the hook. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. So as to the present, the church to himself in splendor, without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind, yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. 
He loves who he loves his wife also loves himself. So let's rewind a little bit. Be subject to one another out of reverence for the Lord, for Christ. Uh, that word is also submit. Literally, that the Greek word is hupotasso. Hupo means under, tasso to arrange or place yourself. Arrange yourself under, you know, like authority is over. Arrange yourself as a servant. But it's funny, under one another. Um, it's a reciprocal pronoun, which means I'm subject to you, you're subject to me. That's what reciprocal means, you know, it's reciprocated. I am in service to you in a way, and you're also in service to me. So practically speaking, it means really neither one of us needs to get the last word. Who on earth cares? So I still care at night because it's a game, but I don't really care. But he probably wins every time. He's so, my husband's so obstinate. He probably wins every time, but it doesn't matter. I still love him. It's not what matters. Um, but that's interesting because how, if it's just talking about who gets the last word and who's the boss, You can't, you can't have two people get the last word, you know? <laughs> you know, you don't have two people win all the time, or can you? Can two people win? And how can, doesn't one person have to be lower and another person to be higher? And it's, um, I mean, according to this, my husband and I are both lower. My boss and I are both lower. Um, and if I'm the one that's submitting, if I'm the one that's doing what God wants me to do, if I'm the one that's serving, um, then I have an elevated place in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I'm actually being the better person, the higher person, um, in terms of the good that I do when I'm putting myself under someone else's authority, arranging myself under the authority that God has given me. No, I don't have to be under the authority of my daughter. I can listen to her. I can love her. I can consider her. I do not have to be under the authority of the children or the teenagers that I teach. Again, I can listen. I consider. I can learn. But I'm a steward of them, not the other way around. Um, but then we talk about husbands loving your wives. That... There, I don't know if you realize this, but there is a submission in love. Because in love, you will submit, you're willing to submit your own preferences in service of someone else's well-being. So husbands may need to work more than they would if they were just alone. They may need to sleep less. I'm not saying wives don't either. Um, maybe a couple less hours in the woods for those who are huntsmen. Um, I'm not saying that women can't hunt. I don't. But uh, it's interesting. It, it begs it begs the question. You know what this submission is because we have submission to earthly authorities is not the same of complete surrender. You don't get my convictions. You don't get my faith. My faith is what will feed this. But you cannot be totally surrendered to God if you are not wrestling with, at least wrestling with, but submitting to these authorities. And when it works well, 
there's a mutual submission. And honestly, when we think about it, the government, we're not here for the government. The government is here for us. Even though the government is an authority, when our local leaders or national leaders or whatever have their heads on straight, it's not how do we get the people to do what we want them to do. It's how do we serve the people. They're supposed to be, in a sense, like the husbands. They're, they're the ones that are supposed to be saying, no, we work for you. What do we give for your well-being? How do we, it's a leaning into each other, really. It's, it's a support of each other. It's, it's really hard to have a physical picture. Maybe this is so hard to struggle with, because how do you arrange yourself? How do I arrange myself, you know, proverbially underneath you while you're arranging yourself proverbially underneath me? I don't know, but I know there's sure a whole lot more support. And what we're really lifting up as Christians, when we're lifting each other up, when we're lifting others up, when we're lifting up even that difficult boss, which is really hard. Um, I'll just say it. When I'm wearing a mask, because I can't stand wearing those masks, and I hope they're gone, and I would protest it legally if I had to. I, I, you know, do When I'm doing that, because I'm honoring the government and I'm honoring a brother and sister who are concerned, um, I'm really lifting up God. I'm really honoring God. Still a little bit of a struggle for me. I gotta say, my husband's grown, I've grown. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier now, but I guess I'm just leaving you with a question. How do we submit to the authorities, even the chosen ones, like? husbands and wives and pastors in our lives while f at the same time fully being surrendered to God. And how can we not be fully surrendered? I mean, how can we be fully surrendered to God if we're not submitting to the authorities God has placed in our lives? According to Peter and Paul both, it's essential being a warrior well, to be a good soldier. Good soldiers don't go rogue. Good soldiers do what they need to do, follow their conscience, make good decisions, and submit to their leaders. I think it's a question I'll be mulling over forever. I sure am glad that I love my husband and that the trust continues to grow. I'm glad I like my pastor and... I'm glad we don't live in a country that takes away so many more freedoms than we're complaining about right now. I'm glad I serve a God who serves me. It's crazy. Jesus became a servant. Humility to the eternal degree, you know. He even died for me. We serve a God with a servant heart. A God who created us not so we could do stuff for him because he doesn't need us, but so that he could share his love with us. Hmm. We serve a sharer. What are we doing to share him? Lord Jesus, thank you for my husband. Thank you for silly games that remind us of our 
stuff. God, I still got a lot of that stuff. I still struggle sometimes to submit when I think people are being dumb. Lord, help me find this balance. I know there is a time to stand up and to say, no, this is against God's will. Help us to be so surrendered to you that we know that line like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, like Peter and like Paul, where we can, in almost all things, submit to authority, but know where to draw that line and say, no, this is God's alone. I believe you'll show us, Lord. Just help us to keep leaning into you in your name. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you.